0: You don't mind being silly. You don't mind totally. looking like an idiot. You yeah. know, you're just like having fun. Fixed. <laughs> <laughs> I said looking like. What do you think happens when you take a hairdresser battling mental illness and suddenly drop them into performing comedy for nearly 100 million followers and subscribers? I'm Anthony Padilla and I spent today with Call Me Chris to find out. Hello, Chris Collins. Yes. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp online therapy. Visit BetterHelp.com/Padilla because sometimes existing is exhausting.
1: Do you want to know my full name? Is a lot it, of people okay. don't know it. Yeah, is this a, okay. is this like a reveal? Yeah, it's okay. Christina Lee Hallowell Collins.
0: Why four names? Just like
1: because my parents hate me. My dad wanted me to have his last name. My mom wanted me to have hers. And now it's a nightmare in airports. I don't even want to talk about it. But anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so just over two years ago. You were a hairdresser. Mm-hmm. Now almost 50 million followers on TikTok. Yeah. Over 8 million subscribers on YouTube. I don't get it either. <laughs> Are you able to be like, Oh, yeah, that's me. That number makes sense next to my name.
1: I don't know why you invited me. What? Like I'm in a constant state of imposter syndrome. Like, it's amazing. It's crazy. It's happened so fast. Yeah. But I am in just, I wake up every day and I I feel like I'm in this like fever dream. Like a month and a half into the pandemic, I had to like close my doors. I I wasn't a hairdresser anymore. I had nothing else to do. So I needed something to occupy my time or Mm -hmm. else I would explode. So I found TikTok and I started making like five to seven videos every single day. What? For over a year. I think the first time I went viral was like only a month in. And I thought it was like a one hit wonder kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But then every video that... Uh, followed that, kind Mm -hmm. of did the same thing and just kept growing and growing. It didn't really feel real because I was just stuck in my parents' basement suite making videos and then I didn't get out of it. Oh, they didn't trap me down there.
0: Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. I was going to let you finish your sentence and I was going to ask.
1: People recognized me and stuff and that's kind of when it started to feel real. But Mm -hmm. I still went back to hairdressing until I was like well over 15 million because I didn't think that this was a job.
0: What has it been like going from being a full-time hairdresser to Mm -hmm. being funny for a living.
1: As a hairdresser, I was more of a listener.
0: Mm. And I would just listen
1: to people talk about stuff they probably shouldn't be talking to me about. <laughs> I feel like that ends you up know. happening
0: with hairdressers is people kind of just talk as if they're the a therapist shit that or- I a,
1: know, I can't even say it. it you know does. who you are. It's really helped me come out of my box mm. because like, my family always you know, told me I'm mildly funny and that kind of thing. And it's, they would say,
0: oh, you're, like, you're mildly funny. You're,
1: you're okay. Yeah. Shut it down a little bit, all right? Calm down. Has
0: any of this changed your perception of yourself?
1: I watch YouTube all the time growing up, and I think all of us at one point look at it and be like, oh, that'd be so cool to do that. Mm -hmm. But like for me, I grew up in an extremely strict environment. They wanted us to get a nine to five job with a pension and that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. I think. When it started to happen, I was like, oh, but this isn't gonna be like this camp. And I still kind of feel like that. Like, I kind of wake mm. up every day being like, it'll go away like today. And I'm okay with that, I think. I feel like I've made a cool impact. Mm. And if it was to all go away tomorrow, I'd be like, well, that sucks, but like, I'll figure out something else to do.
0: Do you feel pressure to churn out more and more content?
1: Listen, I was posting over a year straight, never yeah. took a day off. I still to this day have not taken more than two or three days in a row off of posting. You haven't taken a vacation? See, I tried. Uh-huh. I tried to go to Iceland for a week by myself. I was like, ah, I'm going to leave my phone at home. Like, mm. that And sick. then I vlogged the whole thing. I haven't had a vacation, like an actual vacation in like seven years.
0: Do you think that you'll get burnt out by doing all that? I, oh, I have. Oh yeah, you're already burnt
1: out. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I've been burnt out for a long time, but I'm working on it.
0: <laughs> is there a plan here? You're aware of it?
1: No, I never have a plan.
0: <laughs> you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube.
1: I probably you can, can. You
0: can. You, you just. There's some physics that you can.
1: Just cut it you open. Yeah, shove it down like true. my feelings.
0: Oh. Yeah. Keep it bottled up. Exactly. If it explodes, it explodes, and it's not your explodes. fault. Exactly. You told me that you are, or are you kind of, you grew up an introvert. So is yeah. it strange now? Everywhere you go, someone wants to talk to you, and you now. Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine if I didn't? (laughs) No, no. Like I said, like I'm cool to talk to people, but I definitely have like a social meter that depletes really, Mm. really quickly. It's like being on all the time because you want if I meet somebody in public that watches me, I want them to have the best experience they have. They can with me. I've
0: met people before and they're like, oh my God, are you Anthony Padilla? And I'm like, yeah, hi. And then I'm just there, standing there for a moment because it's kind of like sometimes you don't know what to say when, especially when they're just like.
1: Yeah. And yeah.
0: and then they're like, you're not as funny. In
1: yeah. Like,
0: they've literally said, you're, you're kind of
1: ugly. You're, to not, honest, you're not funny.
0: You I'm like, what the fuck did you expect me to do?
1: Kids are the worst for that too. Yeah. Why are your hands so big? Like I, I started with those Damn tiny hands man, they're haunting me every Why? day. Why?
0: Cuz they they want that th- people the want, nothing want but tiny hands.
1: They hate it when they see my my hands are actually kind of small, oh. but
0: <laughs> but they look big compared to your tiny hand props. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, so I carry tiny hands like everywhere I go.
0: What has been your wildest fan experience?
1: People that come up and they don't know who you are but they see yeah. you're taking photos with them. Yeah. People are like, "I don't know who you are, but this is just a case like this is an insurance photo." That
0: happened to me all the time, <laughs> especially cuz I used to have this very prominent emo hair, and yes. would be like, "Who was it? Oh, are you Never Shout Never? Oh, uh, Jimmy? P- oh, are, are you Brandon? Brandon Yuri? And it oh was, my God! Uh, people would take pictures with me without ever knowing who I yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. That's so really that weird. Happened.
1: It is really weird. Like I would never do that. No, I'd be like, I don't know who you are, but I'm gonna take a photo with you. It's like I, an I,
0: insight into the human psyche where they just want to be part of yes. something.
1: Yes, That's right. exactly what it is. Vidcon was crazy because it was like hundreds of thousands of people, mm. and like. Couldn't walk around and do that kind of stuff, and I was like, "Well, this is weird." Yeah. Because I feel like I don't know, like just like a regular Joe. Yeah. You know, like a moron. (laughs) I'm a regular moron. Should I start that again? Hello, regular (laughs)
0: Joe. Good to meet you. I feel like the thing that you're doing that's special, it's almost like you can't you can't quite put it into words if you don't if you don't experience it. Yeah. And when I posted that I was going to be interviewing you, so many people said that you've changed their life, you've inspired Aww. them, and I think a huge part of that is you can kind of tell that you just enjoy doing it. You don't mind being silly. You don't mind totally. looking like an idiot. Yeah. You know, You just like having fun. Thanks.
1: <laughs> 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 I said looking like. No, it's all right. I'm an idiot. (laughs) No, no, but it's true. I really don't care, and I think that's maybe a big part of it too. A big part of being like a woman in the space, especially the comedy space. Too many people care about maybe how they look or Mm -hmm. what they're joking about or that. Like, trying to tread carefully, but also trying to like, like cross through those parallels of like what I can joke about, what I can't joke about. When I grew up watching like Brandon Rogers and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing, he just didn't give a shit. Mm -hmm. He was just dressing up and calling people out on their shit and doing mm. this and I'm like I hope comedy gets back to that space. I think it's important to like be okay with looking like an idiot. Well, I
0: think thing. that you're actually helping to Bring that back in I a big hope sense. So
1: I mean, I guess I put on makeup today. I dressed up for you. This is about as dressed up as I get. Like it doesn't get well, any better. You look better damn good. Loose. I was gonna come in sweats, but I was like, nah. I'm gonna put on all leather, which is super smart under these really hot lights.
0: Yes. Uh, I hope you're nice and toasty. No, I'm good. I hope we're melting off all your makeup. Yeah. How do you think humor shapes your life?
1: I don't think I'd be here if I if I didn't have the people I looked up to like Robin Williams and Jim Carrey and it's really rounded me out as a person and my whole personality maybe revolves around it now mm. and maybe I've talked about that therapy maybe not and maybe I go into accents. Uh, <laughs> uh, thing I, uh, <laughs> sorry about if I do. Being that. Kind
0: of like a coping mechanism.
1: Yeah, for sure. Which I think it is for like anybody really. In I think the space. I think I think they
0: say that most. Funny people are, you know, use comedy as a, a way to to cope or mask. mask or or look at a negative situation with humor instead.
1: It's totally true, mm-hmm. and it, it is who I am. But I'm also um, very transparent online with uh, th- that I that I do use that to mask. It's not like mm-hmm. a secret. Me making other people ha- happy makes me happy. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's a little bit like selfish because I'm just like. I want to put all this content out, see how people react to it. And if they're really positive, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Not necessarily about the numbers, but more about the reaction.
0: Yeah, when I first got yeah. started creating comedy sketches with Smosh, that was the biggest drive was yeah. was seeing the feedback, seeing that people were affected in positive ways. You know, yeah. they they were able to see that maybe life's not so serious. Maybe all the negative things that they see in life, uh, a little spin could be, you know, thrown into their perspective and it would actually be kind of funny.
1: Yeah absolutely that's like the whole point of why I do it and yeah with my type of comedy too like I try to put in you know jokes about jokes about mental health or mm-hmm. addiction or that kind of like I have characters that are alcoholics that like go to AA meetings and like usually you don't you don't kind of see that anymore yeah and it's people don't even really realize that I'm doing that I think
0: mm-hmm. but
1: then they can also resonate it w- in a way because mm-hmm. like I grew up in that kind of space so I'm like. Mm-hmm it helps me to kind of joke about it.
0: You even mentioned that you had therapists mm-hmm. with, an, with multiple S's? Mm-hmm.
1: Lots of S's, yes.
0: How many pists?
1: Uh, like a lot. Like a lot. I've had a therapist literally tell me that I'm just too self-aware and that there's nothing she can do. Mm. I was like, They're oh like, no. Like, you- <laughs> it's all down here from here. They're like, yeah,
0: I yeah. guess I'm just listening. They're like,
1: yeah, that happened to me as a kid, but I think it was because of this and this and this, and this is probably why I'm like this. Or like,
0: Like, I was going to say that. She
1: tossed the notepad and she's like, I got nothing to say.
0: You've been fired by a therapist. But I
1: kind of appreciated that. Like, if she knew out of the get-go that she's like, I don't know what to do. And I'd be like, that's been me my whole life.
0: Do you think any of the characters are parts of you yourself?
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, one of my most beloved characters, Riley, who's the one with the little hand and the Colorado (laughs) tube. Or Beanie as yeah. you say in the States.
0: Yeah. Why is it called a beanie, though, actually? Yeah. Now, now that you bring it to beanie? Yeah. Where are the beans?
1: I don't know. Those are like those little beanie bears that you used to get. Oh, like a beanie baby. Yeah, that's, that's a beanie baby. She like represented me as a child. It was very mischievous, like always trying to crack jokes. Maybe I was always called like an old soul, maybe a little smarter than I should have been mm. like as a kid or maybe too curious. And then like Janet, her mom, is like who I'm afraid to become.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> She's like a wino mom. She's mm. She was... Maybe represents a lot of my clients I had while I was a hairdresser Mm -hmm. (laughs) who just hates her life, doesn't really like the fact that she has kids, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah.
0: After the haircut, she was like, You're like, how do you like it? She's like, Hate it. Yeah,
1: exactly. Thank you. Exactly.
0: It's interesting that you say maybe too curious. I don't think there's any issue with being curious at all, but we're told when we're young to stop asking why,
1: to just do the thing,
0: to just listen.
1: Yeah especially growing up in a strict household, yeah. or I love my parents, by the way, they're probably watching. Love you. I was in a strict religious household and I just always had questions about like, well, why is this happening? Or like, why did this happen? Like if we're reading the Bible or something like that mm. and I have nothing against it. I think I grew up with good morals and all that. Got kicked out of Sunday school. Because I was asking too many questions. And I think it should be, it's good to ask questions. That's kind of
0: fucked up. You asked, you wanted to know too much? Just, you were too curious?
1: Yeah, I was just curious as to how, um, you know, this guy walks on water and yeah. changes water into wine. I was like, how is he doing? Like, yeah. I don't
0: understand. You're like, eh. is it a metaphor?
1: I was like, tell me the secret. Like, I want to do that. Mm. I don't want to be Jesus. Please don't quit that. But you know what
0: I mean? You literally got kicked out of Sunday school.
1: I had to sit outside. They're just like, okay, you need to, you're like, you're, you're turning the kids the other way. They're like, yeah, what, what she said, what's going on with that?
0: You're making the other kids ask questions. Yeah. They're supposed to just fall in line.
1: Making it sound so bad.
0: <laughs> that, I mean, it, it,
1: Get her out of here. <laughs> but yeah, no, genuinely. I felt like more curious than other kids, not even just in religion, but just in everything.
0: You're very vulnerable with your mental health journey. You even mm-hmm. made a, a video that you released on your YouTube channel yes. called Battling Mental Illness. Mm-hmm. That was one of the most raw videos I've ever seen of someone especially who has as big of a following as you talking about their struggles looking at the comments there's so many people related and really appreciated you being transparent because so many people are going through very similar things and a lot of people just don't want to get into that they don't want to seem weak
1: yeah no that's a huge part of it and I mean I mean especially let's just talk about this space like you, you don't want to look like that. Like you want mm. to be somebody's positive the whole time. Yeah. And that's kind of hard to just open up and be like, hey, I'm like, I'm not good. Mm. <laughs> and I think a lot of people in this space feel like they can't talk about that because we are in such a privileged privileged position. Coming into this already struggling with mental health since I was 12, it was kind of hard To accept the fact that, like, I was like, okay, I can't, I, I gotta like push it away and not talk about it because I can't seem like I'm ungrateful for what I have. Like, I can't be depressed anymore because I have this job. Um, But then I was like, I don't think I'll be able to like keep that up. So I was just like, I just sat down with the camera and I was like, listen, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, I just put it out on the table, and I had no idea how people were gonna react to it. And like you said, it was just. People like welcomed me with open arms and they were thankful or they could relate to stuff or that. And I'm like, okay, this is good. So they know I'm a person because I think people, those lines get blurred and they're like, oh no, they're just some person that sits in their studio and they're just yeah. like an NPC. And then they just <laughs> turn on. <laughs> they're
0: just they're breathing just, like this. Yeah. Because like, oh. otherwise you wouldn't know they're alive. Exactly. Right? So- exactly.
1: And I didn't even think it would humanize me at that point, but I think that's kind of what it did.
0: I think that's part of why it's inspirational is... You know, people can look at you and say, I deal with a lot of the same things that you're going through, but I can see that you can push through that. Yes. You can, you you know, be funny still. You can find, you can have a sense of humor about the world. And I think that's what inspires people to be more like you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, no, I I hope people can look at it and be like, oh, she can be happy in this while she's still like working on herself. And then maybe on the other side of the coin, it's like, uh, there are some people that look totally cool on the outside and it's like Mm. they're really not and we look at you know comedians that are since passed and we're obviously not okay and that Mm. kind of thing so that's i hope it all
0: this episode is brought to you by snapple welcome to the snapple market auditory experience close your eyes imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store you make your way to the back and reach for your favorite snapple flavor you can't wait you take a sip Whoa, that's a lot of flavor.
1: Hmm.
0: What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you.
1: Also helps with people checking in on other people mm. or maybe realizing that just because they exude all this positivity that maybe it's not like that on the inside.
0: Do you think there are any things from your childhood that you experienced that kind of set you up to become... Who you've become, kind of giving you the mindset that you have. And you know, I think right now is the perfect time to thank HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit that delivers farm fresh, pre-measured ingredients, and seasonal recipes directly to your doorstep so you can cut out stressful and time-consuming steps to cooking, like meal planning and grocery store shopping, so you can enjoy your time in the kitchen so you can get that dinner on your coffee table to eat in front of your TV while you mindlessly scroll on Instagram in about 30 minutes or less. And Like I mentioned, they use high-quality fresh ingredients that travel directly from the farm to your home in under a week. My personal favorite part is how everything comes pre-measured because I get to feel like I'm Iron Chef and I get to be like blam, 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 done. And I also love the variety of meals that come with each delivery. So even if you're vegan, the veggie options are still great when you just remove the dairy. Go to hellofresh.com slash Padilla65 and use the code Padilla65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Again, that's hellofresh.com slash Padilla65. Use code Padilla65, yeah, now you're getting it. For 65% off plus free shipping. Now back to the world of Chris Collins. Do you think there are any things from your childhood that you experienced that kind of set you up to become who you've become? Kind of given you the mindset that you have? I mean, yeah, probably the whole thing, the whole, the to, whole be, chi- wait, to be honest. The whole childhood equals who you become as an adult? <laughs> yeah. That's how it works?
1: Yeah, kinda. The foundation sets
0: everything up?
1: Older. I mean, I guess it was maybe uh, how I grew up and like the my family that I grew up in because I am the second oldest out of six.
0: Damn. Damn.
1: That's a lot right? under one
0: household. Did you it's each have your own li- bedroom? No. <laughs> you no. live in a mansion? We
1: no. shared. I was always on the top bunk. Okay. You know, there was there's multiple people in multiple rooms. I had four younger siblings that me and my older sister, basically, took care of. I mean, as soon as my mom like popped the third one out, she's like, mm. "You do you." She, I mean, she I had still you to she take was care still mom, <laughs> but like she yeah, exactly no literally no she, that's what she said. She's uh, like what? she said that. Yeah, it's more numbers. She's like, yeah, well, as soon as you have a couple, then they can just take care of the rest. Uh. Or like you know. But she worked full-time. <laughs> she worked full-time. She yeah. was providing for us, so Jessica and I became the babysitters, the chauffeurs, when we could drive, and all that kind of mm. stuff. Um, so we got we grew up really fast. Mm. Um, and I feel like that we kind of got, like, shoved aside a little bit, and then more of the attention was on the younger ones. So, yeah. But then my sister was also just so talented at literally everything, which was so annoying. I was always Jessica's sister, that's my sister's name, and was like, oh, you're Jessica's little sister, You're just because she was so good at sports and so, mm. A-pluses, and I was just, I'm just like, they're just... You know? <laughs> and so I think I, like, with all my already, like, mental health issues and all this kind of stuff, I, I kind of wanted to shine in any way I could in the family mm. and try to get maybe a little bit of attention, so that was... Cracking jokes, mm. uh, maybe being a little bit of an asshole sometimes, so my parents would notice me, That's which true. I've realized now. I would just get into trouble because I'd be like, "Oh, cool, they're talking to me."
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, when you when you can't get it, you can't just go and ask for it.
1: No, exactly. So hey,
0: can you pay attention to me for just real quick? Right. Just a moment.
1: Yeah. So I was testing material on them for years, figuring yeah. out what worked, what didn't work, what might have got me in jail.
0: Did you run into the law a lot?
1: Uh, not a lot. Uh, I wasn't like a criminal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're not a fugitive right no. now? Like this is legal?
1: Are you posting? I me? see your ankles.
0: <laughs> no. There's no ankle <laughs> bracelet thingy.
1: Don't lick my wrists. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, no, no, no. I, I was in the back of a cop car once, but it wasn't because I was like going to jail. So that's probably for the best. But anyway, um, I was a little bit of a rebel. So
0: you got into shenanigans.
1: Oh, uh, shenanigans. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't be like me. When I was younger. Even when I was doing that stuff, or I was doing bad stuff, or I was getting in trouble, I always found a way to make my parents laugh. Like if they're trying to lecture me.
0: When they know they shouldn't laugh? You
1: stop it. Like you shouldn't have done that. And I'd just be like, Well I just say something funny and they're just like, You son of a bitch. They're like, like I gotta walk out of the room and they're giggling and they come back and be like, Okay, I got their attention from getting in trouble. And then they're like, You're fun you're funny. Have you been here the whole time? Like this is- <laughs> do
0: you think you got into less trouble with your parents because you yeah, were funny?
1: They found me endearing. Yeah? Yeah. I think they're just like they're
0: like oh, I wanna punish that little thing, but That's
1: Christina. She's a little so shit, funny. but she's she's kinda funny. <laughs> so that just extended me into realizing, okay, I took the positive out of that. I'm not gonna, you know, be a little shit anymore. Yeah. And I'm just gonna try to make people laugh. And that uh-huh. and I just got so much joy out of that.
0: Growing up, you would go to school, you'd make people laugh, you would be, you know, a, a very carefree, kind of fun yeah. person. You would come home and then that mask, you—it was like it was too much for you to that's when too I, much weight to bear.
1: That's when I got in trouble, like because yeah. I would, I would be like you ask anybody I went to school with, and I was always on, like I, always trying to like nobody knew even my best friend until I made that video, the mental health video. She didn't know that I was struggling, and yeah, and I got in trouble a lot at home because I was just an ass to my parents and my family because I was tired, like I was so tired of like holding that mask up all day. Um, and I realize that now. I didn't realize it back then. And it was more stigmatized back then. Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel comfortable telling my parents. I didn't even really know what depression was or mm-hmm. whatever. So until I had, I mean, I, I grew up with people, a close friend of mine that it took his life because of it. And I think that's kind of what, um, like, triggered me to ask my parents for help, to see the... Um, Reaction of everybody after that happened was awful, and my own, you know, because like you think about it, or you think about not being here anymore, and it's nothing to you, because you're like, well, it's just me. Nobody's gonna give a shit if I go. Mm. But then if somebody close to you, it, it happens, you well, know, yeah, you're
0: kind of like, why didn't they tell anyone? Why yeah. didn't they ask for help? Why yeah. didn't I know?
1: Yeah, exactly. But like, and then I look back at myself, and I'm like, oh wait, I'm not talking to anybody, and I'm letting it fester, and like, I don't want to. I don't want to get to that point. So.
0: And you're putting up a mask when you're in public and no one would ever know
1: yeah, no exactly exactly and that i mean that's that's by design you mm-hmm. know and i feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people do that and, and me saying like i hate the sound of my own voice is like i did when i was younger like if usually if i'm sitting down and having a serious conversation like this like i i'm trying to find ways to make this light and make it a joke but mm-hmm. I, so i have to work on not doing that mm-hmm. because that's what i always did and i just don't like people looking at me um, like you're looking at me very seriously right now and I'm just see you know what I mean like yeah it's very vulnerable for a lot of people
0: you don't like when people look at you seriously like
1: <laughs> it's hard for me to stay in a serious conversation um, yeah because like I it makes me feel like vulnerable and I don't I don't want people to feel like pity over me I don't mm. want people to feel like I'm a burden to them it's like that's what you do naturally as a person like I have friends that have opened up to me or family members that have opened up to me about depression or addiction or something like that and you want to keep checking in on them. Mm-hmm. But you also just need to treat them like a human because that's all that's all I want.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know? It's like you can have the concern, but it, it's it's hard.
0: I wonder if any of that comes from being one of the older siblings feeling like you had to be the adult or caretaker in some sense for yeah. certain parts of your family because I dealt with that kind of feeling as well. Growing up in a household with a single mother And then, um, you know, my brother's dad, who was in the family, he left abruptly. My grandma, who was in the family, uh, died. And then my mom, who has agoraphobia, had no way of getting out of the house uh, on her own. So I felt like it was my responsibility. I think for a large portion of my life, I felt like it was my responsibility to make sure that I was not a burden because the people in my life that were closest to me already had so much burden and I wasn't about to be the reason that pushed them beyond their means of a burden that they were already experiencing.
1: Yeah, no, I, I get that wholeheartedly mm-hmm. and that's like, yeah, that's a lot to take on as a mm-hmm. kid. Mm-hmm. Like, So you naturally grow up in that space where you're just like, okay, everybody's really fragile right now mm-hmm. and I'm a bull in a china shop yeah. and i got to be the tiniest bull and Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. So, and hopefully, I mean, hopefully you don't feel like that anymore. I know I'm working on it, but it's hard. It's hard. It's got a
0: lot better, especially because I've been able to talk about these feelings with my mom now, with my parents now. Yeah. And just them knowing that I felt like that has helped a lot. And I think it's given them perspective to know, to, to come from more of a perspective of not putting, not making me feel like I need to be the parent anymore. Good. Which is...
1: Yeah, that's huge, but yeah. yeah, very similar.
0: What is it about doing what you do that brings you the most joy?
1: Seeing the joy that it brings to other people. Mm-hmm. That's easy. I think it gives me purpose, um, and maybe that shouldn't be for a lot of people with their job, but for me, it has worked out that like my job uh, fills me with joy, and it mm-hmm. gives me purpose, in it, in it, and it fuels me to continue to do what I do.
0: Distract yourself.
1: Exactly.
0: Escapism.
1: Also, like, just very depressed at that Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Just in general, but like, who isn't? Anyway, um, sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, true though.
1: I'm gonna joke about stuff that's not appropriate to joke about, and that is a coping mechanism, so I'm sorry. (laughs) I
0: think it's appropriate to joke about things because it opens the door to discussion.
1: About that. Do I have to pay you after this for therapy? Yes. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. (laughs) I don't remember what I was talking about. (laughs) Oh Oh, yeah, the pandemic.